sun sets down behind me Another day comes crashing in There's a whispering wind that's blowing There's a storm that's closing in I can hear the train Hey everybody, welcome back. You're listening to Freedom Speak. Hour 3 on KDAZ 96.9 FM AM 700. And you can listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I want to remind me if you uh, remind you if you want to send me comments, suggestions, you can email me at becca at freedomspeaknm.com. So I'm here with uh, my good friends uh, Kareen Rios and Alan Martinez running for House District 23. Mm-hmm. And uh, up in Rio Rancho. In Rio Rancho. Just so people. You so know, that's know. like the Rio Rancho area. <laughs> yeah, so, I, yeah. Oh, why don't you go ahead and describe to us yeah. what, what area does that cover, Alan? The new District 23 um, covers a small sliver of West Bernalillo. So I have Bernalillo west of the Rio Grande. Okay. From 550 um, along 528 all the way to right before Southern around the golf course area. Then it goes up to Unser, back down to Idalia. Idalia comes back down, and then I have the majority of Enchanted Hills. Okay. So I just want to remind you guys, and, and I always remind you guys on this, on candidates, it costs a lot of money to run a campaign. And Alan yeah. can, can use some donations to help him out with this. Alan, how can they donate to your campaign? Um, they can go to my website, alan4district23.com. Okay. That's A-L-A-N-F-O-R, district23.com. Cool. Um, if they want to get a hold of me, they can email me at alan for district 23 at gmail.com. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, the reason I bring candidates onto my show is I want to give you a chance to get to know them mm-hmm. uh, beyond the standard stump speech. Because, you know, if, if you've listened to the candidate, you've probably heard the stump speech a million times. And so this is a, a format I think you can get a, a better idea how they, how they stand on various different issues. And so I involve them in the conversation. So. And I, this, is, this format is great because it allows us to get away from the soundbite. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. It allows a conversation to kind of develop. And you really find out a lot about a person mm-hmm. when you have a conversation with them. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly my thought. Yep. So I want to talk about this baby formula shortage. I don't know how much time we'll cover on this, but it's how, how did we end up with a baby formula shortage? Now, there's a lot of aspects Wait, to Wait, there's the, too many babies. Too many babies. There we go. <laughs> well, they're working on getting rid of the babies, which is really sick. Yes, they are. They're working on that problem. Um, so... Anyway, how did, we, how did we end up in this situation in, the, in this country, okay? Now, the question that, that came to, to my mind, first of all, is like, why isn't there more competition? Right. Uh, why is it that there, there's only a couple of major companies out there? Actually, there is a total of three, mm-hmm. okay? Why aren't there more? It's like the shel- shelves are bare. Why isn't the open market mm-hmm. going in? Why isn't somebody else ramping up and going into business and saying, hey, we're going to make some baby formula so we can fill that demand and we're going we're to take advantage of this situation and fill those shelves. It's not quite that simple. And, and, and I read about this, and this is why it's so difficult. The government, ought to, you know, oftentimes they will get involved in things where they're essentially 
picking the winners and losers. And in the case of the baby uh, formula market, they're certainly doing that. There's a, a program which I'm sure you've all heard of called the WIC program. Now, what the WIC program is, is that's a government program in which the government will go in and, and literally about 50% of the baby formula that is sold in this country is sold through the WIC program. So the government will choose one manufacturer mm. and they will buy up just tons and tons of baby formula under the WIC program. And then the, the stores, since a lot of people are buying the, the WIC brand because it's, it's they're signed up for the program and that's the brand that they're allowed to buy under the program. They will stock the majority of their shelves with the brand that the government has chosen to purchase under the WIC program. Yeah, mm. that sums it up pretty good. So it makes it very, very hard for other manufacturers to come in and start making product and selling it. Yeah, because if you can't make a profit, what's the point? Well, exactly. And it's a nice yeah. way to get around the free market economy. It is. Mm -hmm. And this is how we ended up in this situation right now, because Abbott, which is the one that has been the biggest problem in this situation, they're the ones that had the problem. Apparently, there was some kind of question that came up. I actually don't know the details of that. I think I'm going to read up on that a little bit more. But for some reason, their main manufacturing plant got closed down. Now, Abbott is the biggest supplier of, of baby formula in the country. There's a certain number of states which they, they exclusively, their WIC program uses that brand. Abbott has like 30... I think it's like 35 states. Hmm. They're the biggest. And then the other two are Reckitt, Beckheiser, I think that's how that's pronounced, and um, Nestle. Now, not only that, but there is also government regulations in place that prevents the importation of baby formula from another country. Hmm. So they've really got a strength, the government really has a stranglehold on the baby formula market, which is how we ended up in this situation. One major manufacturer goes down and suddenly we have an enormous shortage. And then we have to jump, and then literally. Why did it go down? Do you know? Apparently there was some uh, evidence that maybe the formula they were manufacturing out of the Abbott manufacturing plant was mm -hmm. tainted and it was dangerous. Hmm. That's what the story is. Hmm. I, look, you look back at history, and, and we'll get back to the baby formula. Yeah. I, I always tend to take different directions. No, I, I'm, I'm great on that. But if you look at the history of the last 50 years, when did the, when did the economy take off? When did it heat up? When somebody came in and started pulling all these ridiculous regulations down... And, the, you know, people would scream, oh, deregulation, that's bad. We're trying to take care of our people. You look at a lot of these regulations, they don't even make sense. But if you get the government to get out of the way, the economy takes off and everybody prospers. You can call it trickle-down economics, you can call it Reaganomics, whatever you want. But look at what's really happened. The government gets out of the way, mm -hmm. private industry takes over, they're able to do what they do best. Everybody prospers. The economy goes up. 
And if you look at it, a lot of crime goes down because people are too busy working mm -hmm. and not being out on the streets. The government just needs to get out of the way. Oh, but, yeah. but we're so busy wanting to pass laws, more laws and more laws and more laws. It's like it's a stranglehold on everybody because all these laws, which they don't even enforce. That's what drives me bananas. This is what I told you yesterday. Common sense policy yep. goes to common sense laws that mm -hmm. help people not hinder everything. Right. We should, as a government, our role should be benefiting everybody. And that's by getting out of the way. Yeah. Government intervention has never done good for anything. But they're looking out for the general welfare when they do that. They're right? looking out for power. So they think <laughs> we talked about know, that one, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and they come yeah. at it with uh, mm -hmm. they come at it with manufactured crisis, so they can come in and swoop you off your feet, and um, they want to be the savior. And I think that's part of the part of the problem, you know. But the verse is actually the solution. Just government, get out of our way. Yeah. Just get out of the way. What What was the government set up to do? Public safety. Yep. Infrastructure? Yep. Education. Well, was it education? Well, they the 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 private schools started out they were Christian schools, which I think was probably the best educated populace yeah. we had. But I think the government has a role to pay to play in education because the tax dollars come in, but it shouldn't be the big state government or the federal government that should run education. It should be locally elected school boards. Why do I say that? Because it's a lot easier for me to go to my mm -hmm. neighbor and tell them, what the heck are you doing in the schools yeah. as a school board member than it is to find somebody in Santa Fe. You call Santa Fe the Department of Education, you get transferred five, six times. Yeah. Nobody well, wants to answer the question. Well, I think, you know, we had talked about this already before. We talked about what is the purpose of government? Infrastructure? Public safety. Public safety to protect people from those who are doing illegal criminal acts. Mm -hmm. what, Which what, they're failing at, at it, miserably. Right. What else are they supposed to do? But, but law enforcement is failing for two reasons. People don't want to become a cop anymore. And why is that? It's because the government has attacked law enforcement. Well, yeah, I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're thinking about becoming a cop, you are afraid, oh my gosh, what if I am out and I, am, I, and, I'm, and I pull somebody over or whatever, and they pull a gun on me and I have to shoot them? Well, then I'm potentially going to be prosecuted mm -hmm. and spend the rest of my life in jail. Yep. It's like, that is not a good space to be in. No, and, uh, and I, I certainly wouldn't do it. One of the first things that I want to see done is pull that back. Give that immunity back to that mm -hmm. cop. My brother's a, a police officer. It hurts me to hear the hurt in his voice with what's happened over the last three, four years. This whole defund the police was the dumbest thing that progressives could have yeah. ever come up with. Because now, look at what's happening in these communities that defunded the police. Look what's happening in Albuquerque. I get nervous every time my kids are out on the street. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't a dumb idea because the idea of the left is to keep people fighting each other, arguing amongst themselves, keep them angry. That's the, that's the, the strategy of the left. And you get them mad at the and police. And have people in fear. And have people living in fear. So it, to us, it seems stupid. 
But to the left progressive Democrat liberals, that's exactly their game plan. Keep us all fighting, keep us all arguing. What a better way to do that than having people fighting the cops and hating the cops. Uh, you know, and now... Yeah. I, had, I had a discussion with a police officer who asked me, okay, well, I mean, everybody says I'm going to support law enforcement. What are you going to do? Qualified immunity yeah, is all... Go. Yeah, that yeah. whole is ridiculous and it needs to be repealed. Yeah. Law enforcement agencies need to have the funding to be able to hire competitively mm -hmm. and get the equipment that they need. I've seen some of these APD police cars that I'm thinking... Uh, I'd be afraid that that thing wouldn't start. <laughs> <laughs> and then they need to quit. I mean, I, I understand from the last time I heard there were a lot of policemen policing their own policemen. I think I heard, if I'm not correctly, like six police officers policing their own policemen. I think any, any law enforcement agency you have to do is, that is going to need internal affairs. Correct. But this whole having to look over your shoulder all yeah. the time, and it happened with the qualified immunity thing. Mm-hmm. People are afraid to, a cop is afraid to pull somebody over because, oh, I didn't use he, she, it, they, whatever yeah, yeah. pronoun. Then they get sued. This is the other thing. It bothers me that there's more discussion about what pronoun somebody is mm -hmm. going to use than how to fix the problems we're all facing. And what are, what are the problems out there, especially with crime, Alan? Our education system is broken. These kids are not being taught, they're being indoctrinated. Mm -hmm. You can't get a good job unless you have a good education. People have lost the concept of hard work. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I love the fact that my, all three of my sons are hard workers, but they're all telling me we can't get people to come back to work. People, are, people have gotten lazy. The government created a, an entire generation of victims. They created a yeah. welfare state. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that more support for law enforcement, it should be an honorable profession. And it should be viewed as that. Mm -hmm. and, and you know what makes it um, unhonorable? I don't know if that's a word. But this bail bonds reform that oh. they passed in 2015, because these cops are going out there and arresting the same person for the same crime over and over and over again. And can you imagine what that does to you, having to put your life in danger for the same person you arrested a month ago? That is demoralizing in and of itself. And that needs to get changed. And that was passed um, so, because uh, it had to be a constitutional amendment. The New Mexicans had to vote on it, which was totally not... Uh, um, I mean, it was it was just lied to. The, American, the, yeah, the, the Mexicans were lied to about the bail bonds reform. And so these cops, not only don't they get paid well, they don't have uh, qualified immunity, and now they're putting their lives, because you know what? A lot of these people who are doing crimes are the same people over and over again. And it's and you know what? It's a small percentage of the population. I think it's 4%, but I, I don't hold me on but that. These cops, 4%. Are, these cops go in, they arrest somebody, yes. they take them in, they book them, and then they, they have all this paperwork to file. Yep. By the time they finish their paperwork, that guy's been yep. released. I will make a plug for conservative judges to be elected. Mm -hmm. Yes, luckily, we need good conservative judges. Luckily, I know one. <laughs> Her name is Allison Martinez, and she's she, running for the she 13th. Was, she was on with us. Uh, District 13, yeah. yeah. But even yeah. her hands are tied a little bit because mm -hmm. of the law. Yeah. And, and we have to get the constitutional amended amended because that's what's bringing up the crime here in New Mexico. Absolutely. And I think, I think you're right. 
the general public was not clear on what they were voting for. Correct. They were sold a bill of goods. They yep. said, this is what it's going to do. When these people knew exactly what it was exactly. going to be done, the bill was drawn up by defense attorneys mm -hmm. who wanted to make it easier to get their clients out of jail. And that's their job. Yep. Uh, I've always said if I was a lawyer, I would have a hard time being a defense attorney. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I would be the first one to say, uh, excuse me, this guy did it. <laughs> this guy's yeah. guilty. Yeah, he's got to go. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, I, that's, you know I had, years ago, I had somebody tell me, you know, Becky, you'd probably make a good lawyer. I said, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night no. if I was a lawyer. I, 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 I just couldn't do it. And, and, you know, the Constitution guarantees certain rights. Mm -hmm. They have the right to a competent attorney, which some some lawyers are very competent and and the problem is that they write these bills and they write them in a language mm. that you know somebody's like I, I don't understand what this means but don't worry about it it's for your good Th this it's is for your what good. It, this is what it means yeah, yeah don't worry about that's it that's not what it means and and 16 years of writing policy and being there when the bill was drafted and learning that there are unintended consequences like getting criminals out of jail mm -hmm. with no problem yep I know what those unintended consequences are. I know I've been trained to look for those yeah. unintended consequences. So I want to be that guy in Santa Fe that's going to stand up on the House floor and say, wait a minute, you said this bill was going to do this, but look at what it says right here. There's always an indirect uh, consequence of yeah. things, always. Un unintended consequences yep. to every bill. I mean, I had mentors in Santa Fe that I would put together a bill and they would tell me, okay, well, this line is not going to accomplish what you want to accomplish. This is what it's going to do. Yep. So, you know, I've, I've, I had wonderful mentors, both Democrats and Republicans. But we have to be careful. With every bill we pass, are we making life better for New Mexicans or are we taking more control over New Mexicans? So talking about bills, yeah. I want to... I want to talk a little bit about this Inflation Reduction mm -hmm. Act, okay? And I think it's anything but an inflation reducer. I, I, I think we're talking about the government spending hundreds of billions of dollars on this thing, okay? Since when did spending more money improve, <laughs> improve a situation with inflation? Yep. It's like, this is a scam. This, this, is, this is the Build Back Better where they're slipping it through mm -hmm. and they're renaming it, they're relabeling it. They do that all the time. They give things a new name and then they try to push it through. And, and in this case, it looks like they're going to. Well, and people will only look at the title of a bill. Yeah. Who has yep. a title like, to sit Oh my down gosh, that yeah. sounds great. Yeah. We're gonna reduce the inflation. inflation? Oh my, I'm for that. And Aren't so, you? And so people yes. support it. So right. these people will put out polls and they'll tell them, would you be in favor of something called the inflation reduction? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely, okay, sure. Okay, that's what we're going to call it then. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but this thing's been looked at by a lot of people and, mm -hmm. and, and they're, they're saying this thing is not going to reduce inflation. As a matter of fact, it could, it could increase it. It's going to apparently eliminate a whole lot of jobs, hundreds of thousands of jobs. Well, they're going to transfer jobs because they're going to build up the internal revenue service. That's right. That they're should gonna, make everybody happy. They're going to double or triple the internal mm -hmm. revenue service. That's right. And that yeah. means to us down here, more audits. 
Shakedowns. Yes, more shakedowns, and they're going to come right. more after us. That's they're what going to that come to your house. They're going to grab you by the ankles or hang yeah. you upside yeah. down to shake you and see so what comes out. So if us middle out. class think, oh great, they're going to do more, get more auditors in there to go after We're the one percent. Stick it to them rich people. Exactly. <laughs> they're not, exactly. They're not going to go after the the very rich. Of course and, they're and, not. And of course they're not. All these policies. The middle are, class is going to pay for it, like always. Because that's what they want to disseminate yeah. the middle class. Isn't, that's right. Isn't that what the Biden tax um, increase did? Oh, no, we're going to lower the taxes on the middle class. We're only going to tax rich people. Mm -hmm. Really? I'm not rich. How is how is the, the, the price of gas at the pump being doubled or, or more, tripled? How is that not a tax on people? And it's like, I, I do a lot of driving for a living as a contractor, so I, I use mm -hmm. a lot of gas every week. Now, mm -hmm. I can absorb that because I pass that cost on to my customer. Yep. It's like when I charge them for travel to, to go do a job somewhere, it's like, well, it's costing them more money. It's not hurting me at all. But, but people that live on, on a fixed income in which they only have a certain amount every month, they can't recoup it in any way whatsoever, and they're paying two or three times as much money for the gas that they were before, um, I, they don't have the money. That's exactly it. That's, that is a, a strong part of my economic policy is all these things, you need to look at how it affects the, the people who don't have a lot of money because those people have to go grocery shopping. Yeah. So nope. do they buy gas or do they yeah, buy groceries? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Family has to decide, am I going to feed my family or am I going to put gas so I can go to work? It affects those people more then it affects somebody that's making $500,000 a year because mm -hmm. they can absorb that cost. Absolutely. But they don't look at that. The, the way New Mexico has set up their tax policy is, first of all, it's extremely complicated. But businesses, small businesses are having to pay taxes twice on the same thing. Mm -hmm. And like you said, those things get passed to the customer. Yep. Well, especially the gross receipts tax, the gross receipts which is aptly named, it's, is, is, is completely gross. And it does. It taxes people over and over and over again. It's ridiculous. And it's, it's, it's a time. pyramid scheme. It's, uh, that is a good description yeah, of yeah. the GRT system. Yeah, mm -hmm. it totally is. If we instituted a simple sales tax, you know, we, we get economists... They come together, sit at the table, and figure out, okay, this is how much Rio Rancho needs to, to pull in as a government to exist, to pay for infrastructure, to pay for law enforcement. I, lo I love the way Rio Rancho government is set up. They don't have eight, 900 people working for City Hall. You go up there, it's all in one building, and they're all busy. Mm-hmm. You look at the the cousin over here in Albuquerque. How many hundred, how many thousands of people have a city job? If you go to city center, you see all these beautiful offices, nice furniture, people making good money. What do they do? I worked in government for 25 years. I have been to agencies like, what does that guy do? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, he has a nice yeah. office. Yeah. Well, he has he's, a nice office. he's a governor's appointee. Mm -hmm. Well, what does that mean? Well, that the governor appointed him. What does he we do? We just kind of stay know. away. Yeah. Please just stay out of his lane. Yeah. But Rio Rancho has set it up to where we see a lot of small businesses opening. A lot. We see, and that creates competition. And even when we went into COVID, Mayor Hall said that uh, they had some money there to help the small businesses so that when COVID happened, 
they were financially ready and able to help those small businesses because they have a, a conservative approach to doing business. But that fund was a set fund, and he didn't tell the businesses, listen, we're going to pay you for the next 15 years. Right. Mm -hmm. we ha we're going to yep. help you get through this mm -hmm. so you could stay open. Yeah, but some cities don't even have some extra cash on hand because they're so busy spending taxpayer dollars on everything. And what they did is they didn't give it yeah. to the business owner. Spending they, that lottery money on other things. Uh-huh. They paid people to stay home and not work. You see all the restaurants in Albuquerque. Albuquerque had great restaurants. Oh, had. Yeah, yeah that's the... A lot of them yeah. were shut down because nobody can come to work mm -hmm. or nobody wants to come to yeah. I was a waiter. I know how hard that business is. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a simple way to fix the, the problem with the, the lack of workers. Workforce. Cut off the freebies. Why? What? I know. Well, I think Trust I, me, uh, these people, when they get hungry, they're going to want to go work again. I think the, the, the concept of a path to work is a good concept. What, what's your idea on that? Path to work? Yeah. You fall on hard times? Okay, we're going to set up a fund to help you, but... Just like unemployment, you'd be looking for a job. And if you can't find a job, we're going to put you in a trade school. We're going to teach you to be a plumber, an electrician, a carpenter, whatever it is. And then you're going to go make good money and take care of your family. We're not going to take care of you the rest of your life. You know, so you're looking for, for benefits to be, uh, give them a year to get off them? or we, we had a program. We partnered with a nonprofit here in Albuquerque when I was with the Department of Veteran Services. And it was never a handout. In order to come into this program, you were going to be clean of alcohol, clean of drugs. You were going to either work for your benefits at the VA or you were going to get a job. We were going to transition you into transitional housing. That means an apartment complex where you're going to learn to live with neighbors. A social worker is going to come in and give you the tools to live with a neighbor. And then we transition you into permanent housing. See, I think you should, if you're, if you're receiving benefits, I think you should have to work for them. You know, a, a friend of mine was telling me a story about the, uh, how the, the Mormon church handles it. I don't know if you've heard of this mm -hmm. one or not, Kareem. They've got a really, really great system. Yeah, they're, they're, they're members, okay, of the Mormon church. If one of them falls on hard times, loses their job, whatever, the church will take care of them, okay? They'll, they'll, they'll take care of their bills, but... You have to come, and they give you work to do. I think that's a great and you, idea. And you report, and you work every day, and normal hours. And they, they take care of you while you're looking for another job, but at the same time, you're working. Mm -hmm. I, I would vote for that every day. I think that's a great idea. You know, there's, there's jobs yeah. that, that government can't fill. Jobs like, you know, guys working on the, on the highways, the guys that the flagmen or yeah. sign holders. Yeah. Put these guys to work. Yeah. And if they're, you know, they have physical limitations, well, then we look at those physical limitations. I'm not going to say put them out there digging ditches. No. Because for those of you that have never tried digging a oh, ditch, I've, I've... oh, my God, <laughs> that is the hardest work in the world. you got to be a special kind of person to mm -hmm. be digging ditches. Mm -hmm. I've, I've cleaned the sequias in northern New Mexico. I know what that feels like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we can find jobs for them. The problem is, like you said, well, the government is going to pay me to exist for the rest of my life. That's not the way. That's not the way it was supposed to be. I think what's hardest. What's hardest is we can help them get jobs. We can help people do this, but if their work ethic 
doesn't change within themselves, that is the hardest obstacle I've I've come up against just helping people. Well, it, it, so maybe I am, uh, I'm a slow learner, and my husband always just gives it to me straight, you know, not candy coating anything. And maybe there comes a point where we have to say, you know what, a year. And while you're getting assistance, you need to look for a job. I don't think that's working out so well. But then you have to be drug free. Why can't we do that? My husband just got a new job and he had to go take a pee test. You know, so if you're getting my tax dollars, you ought not be on drugs either. So sometimes we have to do things that seem really harsh, but that are good for people because it's the harshness that gets them off their buttocks. Absolutely. You know, so we need some of that. I think we need some of that in there. A year uh, uh, is all you're going to get. Uh, you have to take a drug test. And you know what? People are, are amazing. The human spirit is so amazing that I bet you... If we expect up here, if we expect a lot from them, they will give it. But when we expect here, down low, that's where they stay. That's why I say equal rights, equal responsibility. There you go. I will fight for everybody's right to succeed. Yeah. But success was not guaranteed to me Bingo. or anybody. Yes. I had to work hard. I mean, as a as a non-veteran working in the Department of Veteran Services, I had to go out there and prove to every veteran's organization, yeah. every veteran, that I deserved to be there because I was going to work hard, yeah. twice as hard as everybody else. And the greatest compliment I ever got, I went to, to speak at a veteran's organization, their, their summer uh, conference, which I was a little worried because, you know, they, they get veterans from all over the place. So my boss spoke before I did. And at the end of his speech, he turned around and he says, for those people who have doubted that Mr. Martinez should have the job that he has, he says, as a combat veteran, I will put up his service against anybody in this room because nobody in this room works harder, mm -hmm. more passionately, or more intelligently than Mr. Martinez does. Mm -hmm. So, guys, that is the end of this segment. Eesh. So we literally are got 30 minutes left in the show so when we kind of come back i want to wrap up this thing about this uh inflation reduction act and then um i want to talk a little bit about the truth about monkeypox. Mm. um i think a lot of people don't don't really understand the exact details yeah. about it. so we'll talk about that so we'll be right back fun, fun. to wrap up the show
At Los Ranchos Gun Shop, we support law-abiding folks learning to operate their guns safely. Some look at a firearm and see only weapons of war. If the mayor is telling the police to stand down when criminals act and release them into our community without consequence, well, who can you rely on to protect you and your family? Safety and awareness is what we preach and teach. It's your right to be safe in your own home and community. Take up the responsibility. No one else will do it for you. Stop by our new location, 6621 4th Street, Northwest in Los Ranchos, or call 505-345-4276. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, -on -one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at Perkins Protection training.com Hey everybody, welcome back to Freedom Speak. I'm Becca Marie. You're listening to Conservative Talk, ABQ KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700. And you can listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. So I'm here with uh, Kareen Rios and Alan Martinez. And uh, we're talking a little bit about this so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which mm -hmm. I actually call uh, Build Back bankrupt 2.0 because <laughs> all they're going to do is spend a lot of money and yep. uh, they're going to simply forward their agenda of the green new deal which uh, is a very very bad idea it's going to it's going to cause food shortages it's it, you know we were talking about how how venezuela made people starve well this is this is what's this this is going to be the consequences of this mm -hmm. okay I talked about last week about how they want to get rid of the cows and the chickens. Well, what are we going to eat after they get rid of the cows and the chickens? Vegetables. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> here's, here's the problem with that. Where do they get most of the fertilizer to grow the vegetables? Mm. From the cow poop. Okay, that's just the truth of the, of the situation. Okay, most of the fertilizer comes from the cow poop. Now, so another thing is this 15% minimum tax on corporations. So you're, a lot of you are probably thinking, oh yeah, we need to stick it to them to the evil rich. corporations. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, in some ways, I, didn't, I used to be really just adamantly opposed to that whole way of thinking. But after I've seen what corporations have been up to the past couple of years, I, I, I kind of sympathize with your thoughts on that, sticking it to those corporations, because yes, a lot of them are pretty darn evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've seen that. Uh, they want to give, uh, they want to really crank up enforcement with the IRS. They want to come after you, and trust me, they're not going to be coming after them rich corporations. They are going to be coming after you, the middle class. And by yep. the way, you know, it, it, the, the IRS, uh, they're ready to go because I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but the IRS has 5 million rounds of ammunition. Mm, I did hear that. Yes. So they're ready. They're ready to come to your house armed to shake you down. Mm-hmm. And trust me, I think that's coming. What else? Oh, well, they're, it provides for uh, getting in and, and dealing with agricultural land use. Now, what's that all about? Mm. 
Um, tell you what I think it's probably all about. I think it probably has a lot to do with that 30-30 land grab. I think it has I'm a lot sure. to do with uh, coming in and telling farmers they need to get rid of their cows and mm -hmm. their chickens. And uh, it's probably going to involve uh, the family farms being taken away. Yep. And then people like Bill Gates can come along and scoop them up. Yep. Bill Gates, the government. It's like what happens when... I, I, I was reading the story about the guy in the Netherlands, the farmer, and he, he had... They wanted him to get rid of 95% of his cows. And he's like, well, how am I going to, yeah. how am I going to be in business if, with 5% oh. of my cows? We'll subsidize you. Yeah, well, <laughs> right, right. Because that's what subsidies are, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so they're going to they're gonna attack the farmers, and they're going to try to get them to get rid of their livestock because, of course, those cows, you know, they're and farting all that, the time, and they're bad for the environment. How does that work for anti-inflation? Exactly. I, I, I'm not really sure. Okay. I, I'm, I, I'm not the brightest person, but <laughs> something doesn't sound right here. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really, really confused about that one, actually. So here's, here's an interesting provision of it. It provides over $25 billion for natural solutions for decarbonization, including agricultural practices that will support and strengthen carbon management practices for farms and forests. What does that sound like to you? Oh, yeah, that sounds like they're going to come after the farms. Tackle wildfires and support conservation work on public lands. Weren't they doing that already? And how's that going to bring down inflation, actually? I, I really still don't know. Okay. Oh, are you going to get to that eventually, right? <laughs> I don't <laughs> it, think it, so. <laughs> it, in the bill, does it actually tell us how it's going to bring inflation down? Because uh, you know what? When you need to, when prices are high, you don't throw more money at things. Am I, Alan, am I wrong? Well, this is the way the government works. It's still going to be inflation, but they'll call it something else. And well, say, oh, they've already tried to do yeah. that. Well, it's We're in a really, transition. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yes. You, t you tell that poor single mother who's having to feed their kids while working two jobs that it's not really inflation, that prices aren't really going up. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm not an economist, but I'm not dumb either. Well, exactly. and, and once again, the thing that I've explained over and over again, they're spending all this money. Whose money is it? Well, it's our money. It's our money. Why don't you just give it back to us? Well, yeah, <laughs> right. Here's the other problem, and this is what started this, this rush towards destabilizing our economy. The government is just printing money. Yes. They're mm -hmm. printing billions of dollars and putting it in in the monetary yep. system. That's what's heating up the economy. It's not hard work like we talked about before. Yeah. It's not the human element. The government is just saying, well, we owe, we owe $3 trillion. Okay, we're just going to print, print a couple of money. billion dollars so we could... Now you're devaluing the dollar. But well, what are they but doing when they that? print, you know, when they print a couple billion dollars, you know what they're doing? Is I see those those couple billion dollars as work. I see that as hum, human sweat equity. I see, oh, every dollar they print out, that is somebody that's going to have to work. That's what it is. That's yeah. what it really, really comes down to. But with the with the with the shrinking of the job market, and they can they can say, oh, we have the lowest unemployment rate ever. That's not true. People are going back to the jobs that they originally lost during mm -hmm. the pandemic. But what they're not doing is they're not counting the people who have just given up and are not applying for for unemployment benefits. Right. That's how they count this. Yeah. How many people have applied for unemployment benefits? Oh. 
that guy gave up, we can get him off our rolls and pretend he went to back to work. Right. Mm -hmm. We still see thousands of people without a job, and it's because the government created a dependent state. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what they want, eventually. Now, here's something that will probably make you feel really, really good, though, about this bill, is they're going to give people money to buy electric cars. So don't you feel better already? Man, I like that. Yeah. yeah. I want one. But here's the, where's that money coming from to buy Aren't those like electric cars? Aren't they like $60,000? Oh, they're, cr yeah, minimum. I mean, yeah. Minimum. And then to change out the battery is probably just as expensive as the car? I've heard that it is. I've heard that it is, right? Yeah. Oh. Where do those, all the components of this battery, where, where is it currently coming from? Oh, you know, I covered that in one of my shows a while back. This is an interesting thing. There's... There's a couple of elements used to, to build the batteries. They, they, have, the, they have the lithium, mm -hmm. of course. And then they have the other thing, with the, which is cobalt. And that, that's, that's the really good one. Because do you know where the majority of the cobalt is mined from? The CCP where? does it. Oh, well, besides there, there's some... Have you ever heard of, you ever heard of the term conflict diamonds? Mm -hmm. Okay. You, you, we've heard that term for years. And why do they call them conflict diamonds? Because... They are, they are mined by slave labor in, in, in the Congo, okay, Major, majority of it. Well, guess where the majority of the cobalt is being mined? It's being mined in the Congo by little kids mm. that are being forced labor that are digging with their bare hands. Yeah. That's where it's coming from. So, so when, you're, when you're driving your electric car down the road and you're all proud of your electric car, just wow. think about the little kids that slaved away to make it possible for you to drive that electric car. Well, this, this brings up a, another concept where electric cars are supposed to be the environmentally friendly. They're strip mining. They're just not strip mining here in the United States. They're strip mining in somewhere else. And these little kids up to three years old are being sent down into these And where mines. are they getting the energy for those that, that heavy machinery that's doing all that strip mining? Well, don't, don't, we don't want to talk about this. <laughs> no, don't talk about that. We don't want that to, we don't, no, shh, we don't want to talk about the fact that, that the, the environment czar or the climate czar, whatever they call John Kerry. Right, like, they would pick czar. Has his private jet that flies around the world whose carbon footprint is bigger than anybody in the United States. But we don't want to talk about that. Nope. Shh, shh, Alan, don't say that. Yeah. They're going to come after you now. The, the governor, the, our, our wonderful governor, she went to Ireland mm -hmm. to talk about all this. In a, yep. Did she walk? She, she didn't go on a kite. <laughs> she didn't, yeah, she didn't walk there. <laughs> they they went on a nice, big, mm -hmm. comfortable airplane. You know, I've heard that trip cost the taxpayers nine, now think about this, nine billion dollars for her to go on that little trip. Can you imagine the kind of vacation I could go on for nine billion dollars? I can't even I could imagine. Go, I could go on a vacation for the rest of my life mm -hmm. for nine billion dollars. Well, and I could be living that well. That was our governor? Yeah. Huh? Oh, billion? I was talking about Nancy oh. Pelosi. Oh, Nancy no, no. Pelosi. Okay. Our, our governor trying... was on the same trip. Oh, she was on the same trip. She went on. The... Why? I have no idea. But it was a nice trip to Ireland. Yeah. On taxpayer dollars. On taxpayer dollars, which there, there's been groups that have filed. Uh, um... Were they serving cocktails on that flight? I bet they were. I bet they were. I wonder if some of that wagyu beef was on there. <laughs> I bet there was. Um... That's amazing. How you know they'll go get the headlines for fighting climate change, but fly all over in an airplane.
And yet, as far people, as I know, and yet people still vote them in office. Why doesn't this make everybody angry? As far as I know, none of those planes are electric, are they? Uh, that would be a negative. Okay. Just wanted to make sure negative. I didn't, didn't want to speak out of line. And, <laughs> You know, be quoted by the press and say, no, oh, uh, he was wrong in this. Uh, so I don't know where they, where they get adding more money to decrease inflation, you know, and, and I, I, I think they're just going on people's um, ignorance because I think people don't understand why prices are so high right now. Who's going to read the 750-page bill? Exactly. I know I'm not going to. That would take me forever. But you know what? During the, the, the COVID crisis, my husband would say to me, I learned about viruses and how they work in sixth grade, Cream. Why doesn't anybody else understand that? Because it's been infiltrated for decades um, to keep us ignorant and really understand what's going on. Yeah. If a company has to uh, cost more to buy, get their plates or their food, they're not going to absorb that cost. It's going to go down to the consumer. We are the consumer. And people just need to understand that when the price increases for the businesses, it's passed down to us for everything. Insurance, food, cars, gas. Just like when they talk about, you know, stick it into to the corporations with a minimum 15% tax. The corporations aren't going to pay that. Yeah, they're they're you know, a business. Just like me as a, as a contractor, when, when I have to pay more for gas, my customers are paying for that. Yeah. You and know, I try to like, tell, yeah. And same thing with corporations. Ultimately, the consumer is going to pay for that. That is ultimately, that 15% tax on the corporations is ultimately a 15% tax on you and me. It's Trickle down a, taxes. It's it is. It's called cost of doing business. Yes. Yes. Uh, I always it, tell and my... it goes in the same category as if I buy this widget for $15, I'm going to mark it up and charge the customer $25. Right. It's it's the way the free market economy right. works. Yes. But every tax that it's I... It's like, oh, this widget now cost me this much? Well, in that case, then it now costs the person buying it well, this, this is, much. But this if is, the government gets out of the way, yep. those prices start yes. to come down. Well, anytime you get rid of the middleman, the price always yeah. goes Absolutely. down. This is what I tell my daughter for, for... Think of a lemonade stand because we have to get people to oh, understand. Oh, I had those when I was a kid. You know, you, how many of you had that? I did. I did. And... Believe it or not, I had to go buy the cups. My mom gave me the water for free. I had to go buy the Kool-Aid. I had to go buy the cups. I also sold popcorn at my, oh, did at you? my lemonade stand. So as yes. a business yeah. person, while well, you want to I think it's a good more. business model. If you're going to be selling drinks, you need to have some kind of food. Yeah. Well, see, I didn't, I didn't go to that school. I was just lemonade. <laughs> you know, I was just they lemonade. make sure it's salty to make them thirsty. <laughs> That's right. Then they'll buy <laughs> more lemonade. See, you got to know how it works but here. Businesses go into business to make money. And I think people forget that because a lot of people haven't maybe did a Kool-Aid stand or haven't been in businesses. I've done a few. You're in it to make money. Mm -hmm. And if you're not making money, what's the point of being in business? So you have to pass those increases. If the cups that I bought, the price increases a dollar. Well, if I don't pass that on to all these people passing by buying my Kool-Aid, I'm going to be out of business. That's as simple as you can make it, as you can make business be. It, totally. Totally. You know, and because of the oil and gas that was shut down, oil and gas I'm is used. I'm guessing most of these populations wouldn't know how to ru properly run a lemonade stand. Well, and the problem Correct. is that you don't see lemonade stands in because the government came in and said you can't sell lemonades unless right. you get a, otherwise a certificate a from the Department otherwise, of Health. Then they have to pay gonna, taxes. Otherwise, they're going to shackle up these little well, kids and yeah. take them to well, jail. That's why it's true. There's that, more IRS for yeah. that. Well, and, well the and IRS sales. will be coming in with their guns because sales. they have plenty of ammunition. <laughs> but it's true. Plus, these little kids run these illegal Exactly. Lemonade stands. lemonade stands are illegal. 
Yeah. Because they have to have a certificate from the Department of Health. That's there right. There you go. Who yeah. will come in and run tests on the lemonade. <laughs> <That's true>. The water. <laughs> yeah, the water, the ice, everything. Maybe even and, an environmental impact And by the time that 10-year-old gets their their Wait, then they're going to need a canopy, and then they're going to yeah. have to do it with gloves, and yeah. then they're going to have to have a mask. So by the time right. that 10-year-old gets the required <laughs> permits, he's already 25 and working somewhere else. That's right. And then what's the point of doing lemonade? Because you ain't going to make no money. People just need to understand the basics of running a business and a big corporation. They're there to make money. And if the government uh, imposes more taxes or the government shuts down oil and gas, because oil and gas is just not oil and gas. They go to produce plastics. That is going to get passed that's on true. to the, cu the customer. Yeah. And that's why when we say we need to deregulate those businesses, that's why, because it, that and, will also... And deregulation is, does not mean I'm just going to let these companies Go come wild. in and run crazy. Right. Deregulation means, okay, this is what we need to keep our citizens safe. All this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Get out of the way. Yeah. Let private business do what it does best, and, and it's innovation. And it's capitalism, too, Alan. If you go to a company and you see that their kitchen looks like a disaster, are you going to go back there? Absolutely. Absolutely? Uh, no, no, no. If their kitchen doesn't oh, look no, good. I, no, I, I absolutely believe that every business is driven by the customer. Bingo. Bingo. They're in business to stay in business, and so they're going to try to do the best for their customers. Yeah, so if, my, if I own an oil company and all my people are dying because I'm doing it horribly, right. then I, I'm not going to be able to make money. That's what I mean. Get and out you will of adjust way. to what your customer, what your customers, because you need customers. But the government needs to get out of exactly. The way. Yep. All right. So. Oh, we're actually we're done. No, almost, oh. but we're running out of time. Oh, okay. So, okay. So, I think we've we've beat that one up yes. enough. So, okay. What's next? So I want to talk a little bit about the monkeypox things. Oh, yes, we yes, yes. The show. Okay. First of all, I want to tell you. I want to tell you all out there that monkeypox is not airborne. Okay. So you can put away your, your dust mask that you bought at Home Depot. You don't need that. You don't need your color-coordinated fabric face covering. Uh, you oh, I can't wear your... my Trump mask anymore? Uh, <laughs> I guess you could if it makes you feel good. I'll stick it on my forehead. Uh, you don't need your cowboy bandana, you know. Uh, you don't need any of that because that's not going to help. Because okay, because it's, it's, it's not airborne. It's not airborne. Okay. Okay. Now, it is a fact, and I, and I, know, I know Biden already has declared an emergency about mm -hmm. monkeypox because he wants to keep the emergency going, you know? Right. Because... And, and guess what? Our governor can do that too because she still has that's emergency right. powers. That's well, right. The original emergency declaration is still in effect, so it doesn't... Yes. Right. Well, she wants to make sure it yeah. keeps going. It's yes. like, oh, well, we have a new emergency now. Monkeypox. But, but notice yeah. now right before the election. Yes. Everything. Yeah. Oh, we're going to send you $500. That's right. Because, Don't worry. We got the mail-in yeah. ballots. We got the drop boxes. We, we, we have so much money in state government. We're going to give you $500. Remember who sent it to you. Exactly. That, that's right. Wink, MLG. Wink. That's right. <laughs> wink, oh, wink. we're going to start opening businesses because, oh, you know, the pandemic is not as bad now. You yeah. don't have to wear your mask anymore right yeah you can go back to church you can go visit your neighbor amazing how it all happened in an election year yeah. exactly so tell how, us about monkeypox how is monkeypox how how do you get monkeypox okay first of all monkeypox is through close physical contact, contact. 
I mean, you know, like close. Like, yeah, it doesn't mean shaking Like hands. intimate close. Intimate close, <laughs> like really intimate close. <laughs> and I, it's not, it's not actually, for the most part, being, well, I can just tell you, it originates from basically men that are in relationships, mm -hmm. in close relationships with the each other. The homosexual community? Ex yes. Okay. Exactly. Now, how does, and it's just like AIDS, okay? How does it get into the straight community? Oh, let's say, uh, let's say your, uh, your husband, say, kind of swings both directions and he hasn't been telling you he's been out to having friends on the side. And um, he contracts the monkeypox in his close physical relationship with another man. And then he comes home to you. Then he, you know, yes. gets close I, with I think you. we've been through this with AIDS, didn't we? We did. It's the same thing. Did people forget? And, and, then, and then that person that's a straight person yep. catches it as a result of that. So how do you prevent from getting this? Okay, for starters, one really simple way. No, and, wait. Uh, what? Vaccine. Oh, there we go. <laughs> you can get a vaccine. Hey, by the way, if you've already had the smallpox vaccine, you have nothing to worry about. Oh, I don't... Oh. I had it when I was a kid, I'm pretty sure. Most people probably have had it, except for my, my, except for my, was, my kids. That's right. So, so they have a special vaccine for the monkeypox. They call it a... I, I, I'm, I'm Vanex, J-Y-N-N-E-O-S, also known as I-M-V-A-M-U-N-E. Anyway, mm. but there's a much simpler way not to get it. Okay, for starters... You know, I've talked about before how if people just simply followed the Ten Commandments, they, their lives would be much mm -hmm. better. Don't commit adultery, okay? If you're, if you're in a good relationship, don't go outside your good relationship. If, if it's just you and one person and you guys are faithful, guess what? You're not going to catch monkeypox. Now, if you're out messing around, going to... Going to your consequence is monkeypox. Yeah, you're going out <laughs> messing around and... You're going to parties uh, and there's multiple people involved. Well, so this is my question is, is, um, has monkeypox, how long has it been around? It's been around a long time from what has I understand. It? And I read an interesting huh. story about how it originally got to the United States, which is really interesting. They apparently, uh, they they had imported, uh, a number of different types of rodents, mm -hmm. uh, into the United States and somewhere in these rodents that they, that they imported, uh, one of them at least had carried the virus. And then when it got here, they somehow infected the prairie dog population. Well, at that point, this was like 2003, mm. I think is what I read this. And actually in 2003, people were actually uh, having prairie dogs for pets. Mm. They don't really make the best pets. They're really kind of a wild animal. And, and one thing I've learned about wild animals, because I tried once to have a raccoon as a pet. <laughs> and I'm telling you, okay, I, I got it as a little baby, and it was so sweet. You know, Cute. it would climb up, Cuddly. and it would get on my shoulder, and it was so sweet. But as it got a little bit older, it got kind of wild, and got kind of mean. And mm -hmm. honestly, I was terrified of that thing. Uh -huh. It's like, and one day, my, I, I just kind of left my door open a little bit, and it, and it ran off, and it's like, oh, I was so relieved. Oh, my God, I'm glad that thing's gone, because I was afraid of it. Because... Think about raccoons, unlike domesticated pets, like if you like scold a dog, they'll back off. 
they'll kind of cower away. Uh-huh. Cats, too, for the most part, except for the one I have at home. He just comes right after you. <laughs> he fights back. <laughs> so this is a lesson, children. Do not have raccoons as pets. <laughs> no, no, they're terrifying. They are absolutely uh, terrifying So are you animals. saying that, that, okay, so this prairie dog bit somebody and that's how it infected the uh, human appara- population? Apparently. They didn't oh. really go into the details, but yeah, but apparently that's how it got into a- the human population. In 2003? In 2003. And so in the United States. They, we already have a vaccine and we've had long-term right. studies for this? Apparently, yeah, because the vaccine's oh. been around for decades. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Unlike when unlike when you, when you try to develop a vaccine and you don't have any human trials, because those are just really inconvenient. Right. Uh, human trials take years and years and years. Uh, no, they, they actually have had, there is actual real long-term for monkeypox. For for the well, yeah, same, well, it's, it's roughly only... the same as smallpox. Okay, but yeah. so you're just saying uh, monkeypox just got here in 2003. No, it's been no, it's been around longer oh, than that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's like just maybe in it, another part of the world. Right. Exactly. Oh, okay. That's just it, it originated from what I understand, like oh, in Africa, gotcha. like a lot of things okay, like that, gotcha. just like AIDS did. I'm pretty sure. Okay. But um, and they're using monkeypox to what you think? I think that. But when it's an election year, like Alan said. Yeah, so I we think it's scare to people. keep up the fear. And I think it's really a non-issue, just like I just mentioned. It's really easy not to get it. And I think they're just using it to declare it an emergency. That's Mm -hmm. just unbelievable. Why would you declare it an emergency? Number one, of all the people on the entire planet that have got it so far, only five people have died. And they're not really being specific about why the people died. But I am guessing that these people probably didn't die of monkeypox, but I bet they died with monkeypox. Right. You know, that's what I'm thinking because the symptoms of monkeypox is not something that's really very life-threatening. I don't think so either. No. So we need to be very wary of what is going to come down here in New Mexico, possibly with the election right around the corner. Yeah. And really, why should you trust anything the CDC or the NIH or the government tells you at this point? They have proven themselves to be such liars yep. for the past couple of years. I'm surprised. I, I, I honestly don't trust them about anything anymore. Yeah. I will actually never take another vaccine, period. Yeah. Because well, I don't trust them. Yeah. I'm I glad. Yeah. I think that's the way we need to go sometimes. Yeah. So, hey, um, Alan, I want to thank you for coming on today. Well, I appreciate it. I, I love the fun. conversation. Yes. Absolutely. It's been really fun. And I've got to know you really well. And uh, Hey, maybe Alan could bring another House representative next time, and we'll get two of them together. That would be <laughs> awesome. And then we could show how the Republican Party is building up a team of conservatives to go to the state. And, you know, Alan? Yeah. Can you do that? I want to bring in as many people as I can. If you if you put a microphone in front of me, I'm going to talk. <laughs> there we go. So hey, I have to bring hey, it okay. in again. But let's put the bar up here, and you got to bring another state rep next who's running. <laughs> as long as they let me talk. <laughs> so, anyway, so I want to thank you, Corrine, for coming on again. You're welcome. You're always an awesome guest. And I want to plug my advertisers. Right now I have Perkins Protection Training and Los Ranchos Gun Shop is my newest one. Mm, nice. And you've heard those commercials running. They're really great. My friend uh, John Welch helped me produce those commercials. And I'm sure he'll be helping me in the future on some as well. Uh, I want to 
do a shout out to my friends at Ribs Barbecue. They need some cooks in their kitchen. Mm. And also my friend Leanne at Shorty's Barbecue yes, Moriarty. in Moriarty. She needs some cooks too. So do you own a freedom-friendly business? Advertise on this station and support this show and many others like it. To get started advertising and send me comments or suggestions, email me at Becca at freedomspeaknm.com. Check out my website, freedomspeaknm.com. And uh, freedom is essential to everyone. Liberty and freedom are rights, not privileges. It's time to stand up and tell the Marxists and those pushing the woke agenda, hell no, we won't comply. We are the resistance. Catch you next week.